0: Good morning and hello, December. Good morning. I should have worn my Christmas jumper, shouldn't I? That would have uh, been good. But it's officially the month now to actually put your Christmas tree up. Who put their Christmas tree up before December? Oh, we literally put ours up on the 1st of September, the right day for that. September, December. Actually, Richard put it up and I cleared up the mess. Doesn't it make a mess putting a Christmas tree up? Um, But we do love watching Christmas films, although Richard denies it. We love snuggling up in our lounge with our fire on and and our blanket and hot chocolate and... um, we do, we, we actually, he does, He's, he denies this, but he actually does really like it. But it is always the same story, isn't it? It's usually somebody that has been, it's usually a businessman or a business lady that's been disappointed in love, given up hope of finding love. It's always the same actors and actresses. You can go to sleep for half an hour and wake up and it's still, you can just slot back in because they're all the same stories, but then they, they, get, they, they find themselves snowed in somewhere and they can't get home and they end up falling in love reluctantly. And it's just a really nice same story um so yes and that's a a real story isn't it of of restored hope and it's a love story but I love uh, the advent season the Christmas season because actually um and the expectation and the build-up to Christmas because actually that is the best Christmas story and the, the best story of hope that you can possibly find and what does the word hope mean to you Because I've been thinking about hope this last few weeks. And I I really thought about about this and I thought, it's so watered down, isn't it? That word hope in our society today. You know, the definition of the word hope in the the world is a feeling of expectation, a desire, wanting something to happen. And that definition that's in the dictionary doesn't seem to have any any sort of significance or feeling of power, does it? You know, a feeling of expectation, a desire, a wanting. Sounds quite selfish, doesn't it? And when I use the word hope, you know, I use it in quite a passive way with no recognition of its power. So things like I might think, think of, oh, I'm working next week. I hope it doesn't snow on the days that I've got to go to work. It's a pain, isn't it? We love it, but it's a pain. You know, I hope Richard will make the tea tonight. Will you make the tea tonight while I go Christmas shopping with Emily? Um, I hope I'll sleep through the night. Is any of the menopausal ladies in here that struggle to sleep through the night? That's what I hope as well. I hope the train's on time. And we hope for things like that, don't we? And that sort of hope and desire is based on our own sort of selfish needs and wants, isn't it? Um, nothing actually for my soul to anchor onto or anything of importance. You know, but have you ever hoped for something that won't, doesn't happen? I remember um, I've just been chatting to a lady this morning about the empty nest thing. Um, to Rachel at the back there. Let me a wave, Rachel. And we were just talking about how it feels when your last your child leaves home and you've got the empty nest. And I really was hoping that my husband would buy me a sausage dog. And uh, we'd been talking about it and hope for it. And then one day, what does he do? Because I was really missing Emily, our last child to leave home, he came in with a kitten. And I was disappointed, but actually now I love my kitten, my cat Lara, uh, but I was disappointed because that's what happens, doesn't it, when we have hope for something. But actually that's just a silly example from our lives um, of little importance in the scheme of things. But what if you're hoping for a miracle in your health? What if you've had a health diagnosis and you're hoping for a miracle in that? What about if you're hoping for a miracle in your marriage? What about if you're hoping and praying and you're pleading with God desperately on your knees for your wayward child? Maybe a child that's taking drugs, maybe a child that's just gone away and you've no relationship with. You know, maybe it's a reconciliation within your family or a friend. You know, what have you been hoping for in your life in this season? You know, and what happens when we desire and hope for those things and we pray and we pray and we pray and we don't actually get the answers we we want or desire in our time frame. You know, disappointment so easily can strike, can't it, in our lives and it can cause confusion, bitterness, and sometimes cause us to give up and harden our hearts. You know, and placing our hope in uncertain things, on fingers crossed, on wishful thinking, has caused, you know, I believe an epidemic of hopelessness in our world today. And it's even crept into the church, hasn't it? I think. I think that sometimes I look back in the things that I desired and were passionately praying for when I was a teenager. That you give up on and you don't maybe pray as fervently. And and because we you know we we've given up that sort of expectation that things will happen. You know, and I meet people in my job every day and I look into their eyes and I can see that they've given up on hope. There's there's despair, there's absence of joy in their eyes when I look into them. And they've stopped even daring to believe that their situation will change. You know, and it's so easy, isn't it, to fall into depression and despair. And we see this, don't we, which is why we're building our life centre. We see that mental health rates have soared. Anxiety and depression, especially at the moment. And the Bible talks about this in Proverbs, where it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I love how relevant and real the Bible is you know if you look at the Bible you will find something that's relevant and real for whatever circumstance that you're in and it's often that first part isn't it that's quoted the hope deferred makes the heart sick but you know what that verse goes on to say it is and it's in Proverbs 13 verse 12 this it says hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life you know, and the first part resonates with us, doesn't it? We know that, don't we, that a hope desire if you're praying for a child or you're praying for your health, that actually when you're hoping for that and it doesn't happen, it makes you feel sick, doesn't it? But the second part is sometimes hard to imagine, isn't it? Or even think about, you know, should I keep on longing? Should I keep on praying that my hope will be fulfilled? I've been praying forever and ever for the same thing and my hope tank is running on fumes. But we need to understand that God sees things differently than how we do. He's teaching us and guiding us through those seasons. He's loving us, he's discipling us. The thing what we are actually hoping for might not be good for us right now. It might be in a different timing or it might look a different way. And you know what, when I was reading this verse this week, I'd written this quite a while ago, to be honest, but I re-looked at this last week and I had a revelation about this verse because we see that, don't we, when we think Um, that a longing fulfilled is a tree of life and what do we think of there we think it's about those things that we're longing for don't we we think about those things that we're praying for but actually God said to me no it's not about those things at all it's actually the longings fulfilled when you long for for me when you long for Jesus when you take your eyes off those things and long for Jesus actually that's when your longing is fulfilled and it becomes a tree of life Actually, what I really that God was saying, really specifically for this week and over the last few weeks, actually, is he's pointing us back to him. He's asking us to take our eyes off the things of the world and actually to find our longing fulfilled to him, to cleave to him even more closely. Sometimes those desperate times to just sit in his presence and actually not be talking about those things, but just be worshipping him and sitting in his presence. And he will give you that peace and contentment that you desire. You know, I really felt strongly just to stop and say to you this morning, whoever it might apply to, and I I believe there's people at home listening to this, that this will really speak to you as well. I believe it was for a few people. But God wanted you to know that he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows what you're praying for. He knows what your heart's desire is. He knows what you're longing for. He knows what you're desperate to see. But he, wants, he wanted me to tell you today that actually he wants you. He wants your attention again. He wants you to long for him first. He wants you to hope in him. He wants you to stay in his presence in this time, to worship him. Whatever your circumstances look like, he wants you to sit in his presence and long for him. He wants you to look up. He wants you to fix your eyes on him. He wants you to trust him. Trust him, whatever that looks like in your outcome. Yeah, but God wants you to know that he knows. He knows and he promises you that he will give you the desires of your hearts. But he wants your attention. He wants your attention. He's not overlooked you. He's been listening all the time and he cares You know, because it's always the ploy of the enemy, you know, to get our attention off Jesus and distract you and take you off course. To get you to look down, to look across, to look at the world, to start becoming negative in your thinking, to start giving up. You know, he will use whatever he can to get you to stop moving forward in your Christian walk. You know, we've been talking like we've had prophecies, haven't we? And we've been talking over the last few weeks about a revival that's coming. God will use whatever it is that He can do to stop you in your tracks, to stop us moving forward as a church. And one of those things is giving up on hope. You know, and it reminded me as well that we're not only in a battle for ourselves and our minds, but actually we're in a battle for those around us because people are watching us, aren't they? And the people around us and their futures can sometimes depend on us. You know, we need to get our armour on. if you don't want that, we need to look, look up the armour of God about um, the shoes of peace and the sword of the spirit and the word of, word of God and the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. And it reminded me as well that we need each other in these times, that when actually we're in these times of desperation, actually we need to look for each other to build each other up or hold our hands up. Actually we need each other because as christians we do have the ultimate hope we've talked about what the world's hope looks like wishy-washy selfish but actually we have got the ultimate hope in jesus a god that knows us he knows you he loves you he knows the desires of your hearts we hope in things that are certain his promises are true they are solid A hope not not only for now but for all eternity We have a God that is in control, that promises to work out all our circumstances for the good of those who love him. We are promised beauty for our ashes. Maybe you feel you're in ashes today, but you're promised beauty for your ashes. We are promised peace in our troubles. We are promised comfort and joy everlasting, not only for today, but everlasting. You know, and sometimes when we're in this place where we want to give up, we need to be reminding ourselves time and time again of those things, that God is our hope. That God is in control. These promises are true. He will work everything together for his good. He will give us beautiful ashes, peace in our troubles, comfort and joy everlasting. Did you need reminding of that today? You know, am I modelling? Are you modelling that hope to those around you? When people look at you in your workplace, are you modelling that hope? Are you modelling that certain hope that's found in Jesus? You know, maybe we need to give ourselves an MOT today of where our hope tank is up to. You know, think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're praying about. Where are your eyes focused on? Has fear replaced faith, maybe? Has depression crept in? Has disappointment crept in? I want to help you renew your mind today, this morning, and help build up your hope muscle and allow God to just minister to you and speak to you as he needs to. So what does the Bible say about hope? Always the best place to look. Hebrews 6 verse 19 to 20 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So this hope is based on Jesus, not on our own wants and desires. And Jesus is described here as an anchor to our souls. It is not based on uncertainty. You know, the effectiveness of an anchor depends on what it's actually attached to, doesn't it? and if we try and put our anchor in things that aren't firm sometimes we try and put those don't we in relationships in um, wealth in job in a title and actually they're not secure anchors to put ourselves in but the hope we have in Jesus is powerful and strong because it is fixed and attached to him you know Jesus is our hope Jesus isn't just the foundation of our hope he's the absolute substance of our hope In him, we know that we are never, ever separated from the love of God. We are more than conquerors and that God's promises are true and firm and fair. We can boldly approach the throne of God with our requests and in Jesus, we have a father in heaven. We are sons and daughters of God. And I love, I love the Old Testament. I love how the prophecies are in there about Jesus coming and becoming the Messiah. And in Isaiah in the Old Testament, nine verse six, it was written about that 700 years before Jesus came um, was about Jesus. And it talks about the nature and characteristics of the hope we find in Jesus. And over the next few weeks, we'll be looking a little bit more in detail about these characteristics of God. And I love that we, me and Mary, we didn't talk about that song, but we sang about the characteristics of, of God before. And the first one is To us, a child is born, and to us, a child is given. You know, Jesus was born as a child on the earth, born into a manger, so he born into weakness, into humanness, so that we could identify with him, so he would live our life, and we could, he would identify with our temptations, our weaknesses. But also, he was also the son of the living God, so he was also completely divine and um, capable of things that we could never be, or never do. You know, and that's when we find our freedom in him that he conquered death and bore our sins. And we could never do that in our own strength, but by the grace through Jesus, we can now have that relationship with our father. The second thing is it says that the government will be on on his shoulders. You know, and there's all this political unrest in the world, isn't there, at the moment? And it's quite a scary time, isn't it? When you watch the news and you see these wars and rumours of wars and they're raging and they have ceasefire and then it starts up again. You know, and it can be quite overwhelming, can't it? And it can make us feel quite fearful. But you know what? The government will be on his shoulders on Jesus' shoulders. We don't have to fear. Ultimately, Jesus has the authority. He'll only let things go so far. We can have a firm and secure hope and a peace because he is Lord above all. You know, ultimately, he is in control. And I love this one. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. you know he's here for you to guide you, to lead you, direct and advise you in all your difficult situations, in all your paths. He can help you and be your counselor in your decisions um you know. He was literally born into this world, so he understands. But the difference is with Jesus and counseling is great. I've had counseling uh, and, and that's absolutely amazing and that can be really helpful, but Jesus as our counselor has a divine perspective. Somebody else can come in with their perspective, but Jesus can give us a divine perspective to actually guide us in his ways. Mighty God, the next one is, all strength and power are his because all the battles belong to Jesus. You know, we might have setbacks in life. We might go through troubles and we might go through fights. But in the end, we will have the victory in him. You know, Jesus cannot be defeated. The root meaning of mighty God as well means um, hero God. You know, what what do heroes do? Superheroes, they come and save us. And that's the hope that we can have. That's the anchor that your hope is in the next one is everlasting father and the word father shows us the very nature of God you know even when we're under pressure and stress and uh, we, we act out of character and we do things that we aren't proud of and we've all done things we're not proud of aren't we God loves us just the same we are the apple of his eye you are the apple of his eye maybe somebody needs to hear that in here today that whatever you've done in your past that you are the apple of his eye he loves you And regardless of what your earthly father has been like, whether that's been a good experience or a bad experience, Jesus is the everlasting father. He will not let you down. His love is pure for you and he won't let you down. You know, the situations we find ourselves in in this world and we look around on the news and they'll seem quite bleak, but trust that God will walk with you side by side as your loving everlasting father. Finally, it says, which I think Richard's going to touch on at the carol service, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You know, we all need peace, don't we? Long for peace. And you know, Jesus is the living embodiment of peace. You know, peace isn't the absence of something, it's the presence of something. And I want the presence of peace to be Jesus in my life. You know, as you do this, find hope. Um, in that because it isn't a temporary peace or quiet in the middle of distraction but it's a consistent source of peace for you and for me it was saying in that verse wasn't that longing is fulfilled the tree of life the tree of life is jesus so isaiah 9 verse 6 for us to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace I hope that has improved your hope tank this morning. Now we were away um, a, um, a couple, uh, last week to Edinburgh and we stayed in a, a lovely um, Scottish hotel up there and it, was a, it looked like a castle but it was a really big, sprawling hotel and it had lots of corridors and lots of floors. And, you know, the... the, 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 the bar area and the lounge area with the roaring fires and the reception area and the, the restaurant looked different but actually when you got on all the floors where the rooms were and where the sort of nitty-gritty part of the hotel was all the corridors can look the same sometimes can't they in hotels anyway me and my friend were uh, going decided to go to the spa in the afternoon and we literally got completely lost in this hotel. We, were, we thought it was this way, so we were that way. Then we came back on ourselves, and it was that way. And we literally ended up... We actually ended up in the staff quarters in the basement. How we ended up there, I have no idea at all. So the guy in the, in the, in the staff quarters said, well, I can't actually leave this area. He said, but if you just go down there, turn right, then turn left, go through that door, go up the stairs, and still got completely lost until eventually we bumped into another staff member who didn't speak much English, but they actually physically took us to the spa and actually took us to where we were supposed to be going, you know, and you know this time of year maybe more than any time of the year is probably the easiest time for you to invite your friends to church and to signpost people to the hope that they can find in Jesus and the real meaning of Christmas you know we have so much as you've seen on Bridge News so much going on um in December carol services kids parties lunches and all sorts you know and are you some are you somebody that people would look to for that hope that somebody would come to you and say, can you tell me where hope is? You know, imagine if we'd met a staff member, you know, who didn't really know where the spa was and had taken us somewhere completely different and it, it their the directions had led us in the completely the wrong way. You know, we need to be secure and anchored in that hope and actually be displaying the fruit of that hope so that people can see it. And then with the light on the hill, you know, recently I've, I've been journeying with um, a client um, through CAP and they're now debt-free, but with Karen, on journeying together for many, many years. And they're a lovely couple and they come and see me at Bridge Coffee. And um, he's had leukemia for many years and we've been praying for him and, and all that. And then two weeks ago, he, he, the wife rang me and she said, he's been given three months to live. You know, at these moments in time, I'm glad that she rang me because she knows that I will pray and she, I know what, she, she knows that I know where hope is. You know, and in these times, we need to know where hope is and, and we can pray for that, that gentleman that he can have a miracle, but we can also give hope that actually, even if a miracle isn't performed, that actually he's got hope for eternity. You know, we need to be people that are hope bringers, hope signposters. You know, and I love the part in Natalie's preach last week, where she was talking about the paralysed man. And so just as a reminder, in case you weren't in, it was when Jesus comes to town and four friends believe that Jesus can heal their friend. So they put him on a stretcher and the friends actually uh, are desperately trying to get their friend healed. healed. So they take him to the house where Jesus was and it was packed and they couldn't get in. And so instead of waiting like probably you would do normally till Jesus came out, they actually got him on the roof and lowered him down through the hole. And Jesus saw him and actually, and I believe that actually he saw the faith of the friends not the faith of the paralysed man, I think he saw the faith and that gives me real hope that when actually we're praying for our friends and we're bringing our friends and our families to church, Jesus responds to our faith for those. Jesus responds, people in your world need you to point them and take them to where Jesus is. You know, and the bridge is unique and I believe we are being called to bring people one person at a time to the feet of Jesus for them to find hope and then they will bring someone else, one person at a time to find hope. And that continues until our, tra- our, our community is transformed. That's how our community is transformed. You know, often in our world today, even in workplaces, you'll see, you know, advertisements for psychic nights at the pub or, lottery or different things or relationship or possessions that we're looking to find that hope in people are looking and getting directions from all the wrong people and all the wrong places but we as a church need to step in and say we know where hope is come with me, we will take you hope has a name and his name is Jesus yeah. we need to know where hope is so we can direct others so I'm going to pray So in Isaiah 40, verse 28, it says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired. He will not grow weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint hope is here god i just pray that we will be people that anchor ourselves in the hope of jesus i thank you that it says in your word that when we hope in you you will renew our strength god God, I pray that we will have a hope that is visible to our world around us. God, I pray that our hope will be renewed today. God, I pray that as we surrender ourselves again and again to you and put you first in our lives, that we give you those circumstances, God, because you, you love the things that maybe it's people we're hoping for, but you love those people more than even we do, God, so that they, they can rest securely with you. God, that we are safe in your hands, Jesus. Jesus, I pray that we will be bold in this season. God, I pray that people will be attracted to that hope that's within us, God, and want to find out more. God, I pray that we are bold to invite, we are bold to bring people to your feet, Jesus. Jesus, may we not waste a minute God, I thank you that you've said over our church that, and over Bolton that we're going to see a revival, God. May we be part of that revival. May we put ourselves back in the rightful place this morning, God, where we can begin to see that. May we stop looking around at the things that, that are in our world, God, and start looking up to you, God. God, I thank you that you are a mighty God. You are a wonderful counsellor. God, I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you that we can find our lives in you, Jesus. Amen.